couple of weeks ago, I talked about table fellowship and what that looked like. Um, the last lesson we did here, um, Jesse talked about reconciliation and the importance of reconciliation. And today what we're going to talk about is proclaiming the gospel. You know, this is something that we all should do as followers of Jesus. This is something that can, that should be in our default setting. And it's important that we understand that as followers of Jesus, we do have good news. And we've been talking about good news a lot as a church since, we, since I've been here for the last 13, 14 months. We've talked a lot about good news. You guys have good news that you made Jesus Lord. So this is a diagram from David Finch's book about um, faithful presence where we talked about the close circle, the close circle, the dotted circle, and the half circle. And again, these are the spaces where we could potentially practice the presence of God. Again, it's not, it's not like you're going to find this exactly in the Bible, but the idea is there are certain places in the close circle where everyone is under the lordship of Christ, everyone's trying to follow Jesus, we hold people to that standard. In the dotted circle, maybe as Christians, we outnumber any particular group of people, and they're in there, and we still host them, and we understand that they can see how we live our lives. And in, that, in the half circle, we are a guest. So let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 through 29, as we talk about proclaiming the gospel. Can I get someone to read that? Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 through 29. This is the Apostle Paul speaking here. Colossians chapter 1. Do I have a volunteer in the house? Let's go, Lenny. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. He is the one we proclaim. Like, this is really important. You know, as followers of Jesus, sometimes it's easy that we like, I got to proclaim our church. I got to proclaim our marriage. I got to proclaim the good things that are happening. All of those are awesome and incredible. But if it doesn't redirect to Jesus, then we are missing the point. And this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. He's like, he is the one we proclaim. Anyone, anyone has an idea of what proclaim means? Like, what does it mean to proclaim? <clears throat> okay, Rinaldi. Uh, it's, it's like to declare um, definitively. Come on, bro. You did Did you look that up in the Greek too? <laughs> uh, I studied that. <laughs> to proclaim is to make an announcement definitively, make it known in public. Like this is a public declaration that you're making. And so when Paul says he is the one we proclaim, he's talking about Christ using that title, Messiah, because that's what we do as followers of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we proclaim Jesus. We proclaim the Christ. And a lot of you are like, Steve, what are you doing? Of course, this is what we do. This is what a church does. You'd be surprised how very little we proclaim the name of Jesus in our day-to-day -day lives. So what are we proclaiming? We're, we're proclaiming the gospel. The gospel is this announcement. It is an announcement about Jesus being the king. And we're proclaiming that. And that feels for, especially in a, in a community like Portland, that, that I think is probably a little bit further along than a lot of places in America in terms of post-Christianity. It could be very challenging to proclaim Jesus king here because that comes with a narrative that 
a large part of the culture is rejecting, and yet we still proclaim that reality, and we still find areas where we can find common ground with the culture, but then areas where we could, where we have to critique due to um, our understanding of the gospel. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verse 18 through 28. Before we read it, I want you to start thinking about your, 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 your 24-hour cycle. Let's give you a week, your week cycle. You're thinking, you're, you're, you're like, man, who can I proclaim the gospel to? Well, I don't, I'm, I don't have any Bible studies this week, so am I going to proclaim the gospel to who? My, my, my kids, they're not old enough. Who am I going to proclaim the gospel to? Is community group only Christians show up? Who am I going to proclaim the gospel to? Keep that in mind as you read in Luke chapter 7, verse 18 through 28. Let's turn there as we read. You see, Jesus was, as he should be, the most effective at proclaiming the gospel. His whole ministry was built on this announcement of the kingdom of God. Now, he, not only did he proclaim it, he, he manifested through his deeds as well. Verse 18, John's disciples told him all about these things, calling two of them. He sent them to, to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is coming or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask you, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sickness, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who are lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After, after John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes are in, and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What is John struggling with here? What is the challenge that John is being confronted with here? That's a legit question. Okay, why is that a challenge? Tim? Because he was kind of like sent to be the guy for Jesus. So he's like, uh, is it you or do I have to wait longer for the next two? Yeah, so there, there's definitely a disconnection and expectation. What do you think John's expectation is? Messiah, freeing Israel. Freeing Israel. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by freeing Israel? Okay, you're going to let me do that. Anyone else want to elaborate a little bit more on what Lenny means by freeing Israel? Rinaldi. He 
So he was looking for someone who could be potentially a king or a general to help Israel. Where is John located right now in this narrative? Not fired up, right? You know, there's a song from an artist named Akon, Locked Up, They Won't Let Me Out. That's where John is right now spiritually. If you, if you don't know Akon, don't worry about it. But John is locked up and no one is letting him out. And so he goes and he's talking about and he reaches out to two of his disciples and he's like, oh, Jesus is doing all this amazing stuff. He's like, come over here, guys. Can you ask him, like, did I get it right? Like, are you the one? You know, what, what's interesting is I think John, he says in the other Gospels that he's like, I'm the voice, the one calling in the wilderness. So I can imagine if John is like, if Jesus isn't the guy, then I really blew my assignment. Like, I'm supposed to be out there calling the guy, and if he's not him, now I'm in jail, and it looks like mission failed. And what's Jesus' reply? And why is his reply important? Not just because he's Jesus. So if you're going to say because he's Jesus, that doesn't work. Why is his reply important? Okay. He's providing healing that in a way that people can't. Okay. Okay, Scott. Um, these are like the, the fruits of Jesus' ministry. And, you know, Jesus talked about you'll, you'll know a tree by its fruit, you know, and he says, well, this is, go and say, well, these are all the things that are happening, you know, and if they see what we're, what's happening, then he'll, he'll know. John. Yeah. Anyone else? What is Jesus trying to do here for John? Ellen. I think it's important because he's from the very beginning trying to get people to form their own position. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what was said about the, the what do you see? Does that match up in what do you believe from what you see? He's definitely trying to get people to form their own convictions. Yeah, I was going to say he's trying to uh, adjust the, what, what they understand the Messiah to be or the kingdom. When he says, go back and tell them what you see and what you heard, what do you think he's trying to communicate here? Tell them what you see and what you heard. What is he trying to, what, what, what impacts our vision or what impacts our sight and, and hearing? Like after we see and hear something, what usually happens afterwards? We react, we react yeah. We, we, we believe it. We, we believe it. It's physical. It's physical. Yeah. It becomes real. Like, if I told you someone can dunk the basketball from half court line, I mean from free throw line, believable? There's actually YouTube footage of Michael Jordan doing that and subsequently a whole bunch of other people doing it, right? If I told you someone could run a mile in less than six minutes, believable? There's actually been a number of people who've ran less, um, ran a mile, I think, what was the fastest? Four minutes. Ooh, that's running. But there was a time where someone said, if I'm not mistaken, if you run under six minutes, you would die. Like, you're just going to die. But people were able to push it. What, what did all those guys end up doing when they ended up seeing someone else do it? They were inspired. It sparked their imagination. They were able to go back and say, I see it differently now. You see, so John is in prison, and he's like, I'm supposed to be bringing the kingdom. I'm supposed to usher in, like, um, Rinaldi mentioned, like, you're supposed to be a conquering king. Like, why am I here? What's going on? And he's like, John, pay attention to what I'm doing. The blind see, the poor hears good news, the lame, the lame are walking, the lepers are being cleansed. Like, this is it. And I'm almost certain when John got the report back, he was like, amen. 
I need to hear that. It's not what I envisioned. It's not what I anticipated. And yet, in so many ways, John was hoping for a national revival, but what he got was a global revival. Because this work of Jesus wasn't going to stop right here. It was going to go all over the entire world. Jesus proclaimed good news to John. There were so many different ways Jesus could have handled that situation that would have discouraged John. He could have said, John, grow in your faith, man. You're tripping. You're like, okay. John, what are you questioning me for? Did you hear the cloud? You saw, you saw the, the Holy Spirit come down and say, this is my son. Anyone else you ever baptized her? Seen that happen? John's like, That's actually no. We baptized a sister in Miami and like three dolphins popped out of the water. <laughs> Seriously, I've never seen that in my life. It, it, we were all like, whoa. It was like crazy. I'm like, it wasn't a dove from heaven, but I'm like, this is a good second. <laughs> Maybe that sister could encourage John if she sees him. But the whole point is he could have pointed to a number of different things, but instead he tried to spark his imagination by proclaiming good news to him. You know, as followers of Jesus, we do community together, and it's important that we are the most encouraging when it comes to the imagination. You know, I want to give a shout out to all of my glass half full people. You know, you're the one who walks in and you're like, this is great. This is amazing. But man, isn't the church 60? And I only count 29 people in here. I want to encourage you. Spark your imagination for what the good news could do for the people who are missing, as opposed to being stuck in the situation, which can be challenging at times. John is in jail. Things aren't happening the way he thought. But lean into the imagination of what God is doing. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through verse 3. This is God commissioning Abram who would later become Abraham. Can I get someone to read that? Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through verse 3. Go for it, Lion. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Amen. And so God takes Abram apart from his community, his homeland, his country, his father's household. Abram ends up taking Lot with him because he's like, I'm not going to go completely alone. But God set him apart. But what, what was the most important thing in this situation from him being set apart? He sparked his imagination. He's like, I'm taking you from here so you could be a blessing over there. And this is what Paul says in, in Galatians where he's like, Abraham had the good news proclaimed to him. Abraham had good news spoken to him. Abraham went from, hey, I'm leaving my hometown and I'm going to travel in this world as a wanderer to, oh, I'm actually traveling this world as someone who could be a blessing. Those are two different perspectives. And so as we gather as community groups, are we proclaiming good news to one another and to the world around us? The Sermon on the Mount. This is, up until fairly recently, probably the most radical teaching in all of Christianity. But now I would say most Christians don't even know what the Sermon on the Mount is. And I'm not talking about Christians in our fellowship. I'm just talking about what Pew Research says. Like, most people have not read the Sermon on the Mount, believe it or not. 
I don't believe it. That's why I was like, I was blown away when I was like, they don't, they never raise a sermon on the mount. You're like, wow. John 3.16 is because of football. Everyone knows that one, but no one knows the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount I put before you guys is where we should draw our inspiration from for being people who could proclaim good news to people, being people who could spark the imagination of an entire community. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for you will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In all of these blessings that Jesus shares here, he is trying to tweak the imagination of the people. I love what Dallas Willard in his book on Divine Conspiracy talks about here, where he's like, you look out to the crowd, if you read the, a couple of verses ahead of it, who Jesus is healing and who he's doing ministry with. And all these people are what we would probably consider the broken people of society. And he comes in and he sits here, you're poor in spirit, blessed, man, because you could be a part of this kingdom. You're mourning, you're going through a really tough time in your life, you're blessed, you could be a part of this kingdom. He's sparking their imagination because he says, not only are you blessed, but you'll be comforted. You're meek. Again, we've talked about meekness. This is like one of the worst things to be in America, especially in American politics. But he's like, if you are a meek person, you will inherit this kingdom. You're blessed. If you are someone who is pure in heart, and not just talking about sexually pure, but you like to see the best in everyone. Don't we all love those people? Yeah. They're, they're, they're like few and far between now. <laughs> it's like the, the, the native tongue is not only lying, but cynicism. We think the worst of people, man. You're like... I bet he really doesn't think we're blessed. And you're like, oh, man, you're not pure in heart. That's why you can't see God yet. But bless. We want to be able to spark the imagination of a people. I love going through the Sermon on the Mount here because at every point, Jesus says, you've heard it say, but I say. Sparking the imagination. Helping people see a different picture. You know, we are confronted consistently in life with things that will challenge our imagination. Challenge how we view the world around us. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, um, you heard it said you shall not murder, but he's like, I say, don't even be angry with your brother. Now, for a lot of us, when we read the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount, it could feel like, oh, Jesus is putting these laws on me. But I really want you to understand the Sermon on the Mount is what it means to be human. He is encapsulating what freedom looks like like true freedom. We are so used to being in bondage to sin sometimes that when we actually see freedom, we don't even understand. It's kind of like um, Plato's, Plato's shadow situation where the one guy gets free and he looks outside and he's like, wow, this is what it all looks like. And everyone else is like, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to look at the shadows. Like the Sermon on the Mount is what it means to be just a completely free human being, to be not characterized by the slavery of sin. Like it is just awesome. It is something I aspire to, something I long for. And I do it faithfully, knowing that 
as I, as I do my best to follow Christ, his Holy Spirit, his grace and his mercy will consistently transform me. But we proclaim good news. Okay, so how, how do we make this practical for our community groups? And how do we make it practical? Not in the closed circle. I think that's very simple. We all just get together and say, Jesus, Lord. I fired up. Jesus is working in this situation. It's really in the dotted circle and the, and the half circle. I want to make it very clear. In the closed circle, we remind each other that Jesus is Lord. Okay. Before we jump into some skits. We are going to spend some time talking about what it looks like in our community groups, because this is really important. And this group is going to be the catalyst for, I think, spiritual transformation. If you've ever tried to help someone have a more faithful imagination, there are two things you're going to encounter. Preferably three. Skepticism and apathy. So James might come to me with a situation, and I try to proclaim good news to him. Two other guys are around him. Oh, man, you always trying to be spiritual, man. You always, every time you got to remind us of what God said. Someone's going to say that. You got to push through as a faithful follower of Jesus. And if you're the person who's like, man, I, I am always hating anytime I hear someone say something awesome about Jesus. Pray for your heart. If you hear the other person say they pray for their heart. And then there's apathy, like, no, it's not going to change. No, it's not going to work. Man, this is the hardest part of being a follower of Jesus, is giving the Holy Spirit enough time and work, enough time and patience to see God work. I was going to put this in this lesson. I'm going to say it anyway, but it was going to be in the lesson. The story of Esther. What's the unique thing about the book of Esther? It doesn't say the name of God. Does God speak in the book of Esther? No. Not verbally. So how does Mordecai know what to do? How does Esther know what to do? Did they hear a response, though? They just. And then what looks like coincidence for us on the outside, we all understand is God's providential working, his providence working in the whole situation. Can you imagine if Esther is like, which she struggled with a little bit, the king's not going to change his mind. I didn't hear the voice of God. Mordecai is on the other end. Actually, I didn't hear the voice of God either, but we, we got to do something. Like he convinced her like in this moment, such a time as this, Esther, choose courage. If you don't choose courage, I think God's going to work any other way. But he had from his vantage point in the story, he had no way to know. So what I'm talking about here is walking out on faith, guys. Sometimes you'll be disappointed. Sometimes you'll be inspired. But it's really important that we walk out our faith when it comes to proclaiming the gospel to one another. Because I know the cynicism is, but man, oh man, you know Steve, he's like super critical. He's one of the hardest people to talk to. Oh, he's not going to repent. He's not going to even hear the good news. I know that could be in the back of your mind. God responds to courage. He works it. And even if the person doesn't respond... You did the right thing, and the Holy Spirit will continue to keep working and will bear fruit. God's word does not come back empty. All right, can I, all the people who said they would be a part of the skit, can you come up? Well, all the people I volunteered to be a part of the skit. <laughs> come on, man. Sebastian walked in at the right time. The right time. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to show up. <laughs> 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 no, 
Okay, okay, so okay. Here, here, here's what I want you guys to see. So it's going to go from right You know what I mean? You don't need chairs unless you need to sit. But we can give them a, a vision of can you have some of our different scenarios. And then, yeah. All right, so we're going to do a skit. We're going to imagine a table fellowship situation. We're at community group. Your community group meets Friday at 1 p.m. Whose community group does that? The ones who don't have a job, I guess. <laughs> so they're already encouraged, right? They're not working. Or maybe they're discouraged. Who knows? This is like the last supper, right? Like people usually sit around the whole table, but here just so we can see everybody. We don't got to do that, Curtis, so you can see your face. All right. So I'm going to give you a scenario, and then you're going to see them act it out. So Corinne has been having a really difficult day. Daniel stomped on her shoe. Hypothetical. <laughs> hypothetical. It's all hypothetical. Daniel stomped on her shoe. She had a really tough conversation with her mother. Her mother and her weren't seeing eye to eye. Lena was just giving her pain the night before with sleeping. And then Wade forgot to get the almond milk for community group. And then as Corinne is sitting here, Ken said a snarky comment about Corinne's new haircut. But he, he thought he was being funny. And Corinne snaps. Now she just snapped and now she's coming back into community group. And this is where we are. So she just had a moment. Now she came back in to community group. Scene. Go. Oh, you combed your hair again. Oh, gosh. Looking sweet. Overlook a negative comment. I have, after the day I've had, I'd rather you not say anything about my hair. Well, you know what they say. <laughs> you can't keep me quiet. <laughs> That's not you know good. What you should do, After this, you should just have a nice drink. Actually, have a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah, mm. that, that's what I do. That takes care of everything. Little Jack. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think you probably just need to um, follow some Hennessy. <laughs> I was going to suggest just like getting away. Maybe we could do a girls' trip okay. and get away and yeah. forget about all our problems. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Why don't you go for two weeks? Leave Wade by himself. He'll be fine. Yeah, fact, you teach him a lesson for yeah. forgetting almond milk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, if you're not feeling it, you can just like just take off. You know, like we'll be good here, and you know. Okay. Okay. Scene. Great job, guys. Was that was they were they giving Corinne good support? Why not? Well, they were giving her worldly support. What do you mean by worldly support? Regret, but instead of dealing with the regret, 
Okay. Did anyone proclaim good news to Corinne? Does anyone have good news for Corinne? That was a really rough 48 hours, right? Conflict with mom, Daniel stepped on a shoe, no almond milk. Now she got to drink regular milk. Well, that's what I was thinking. They were just kind of giving her quick ideas to numb out, but no one was really asking her what was wrong. Like, what did you think about that? They were aware to the extent that they saw some of it. Yes. Now, <laughs> they were aware to some extent. Maybe not to the ins and outs. Wade knew. Wade knew. <laughs> but he, here's the thing. Even with that whole situation, what could if she, what, what good news could have been spoken into her life? Wake at the almond milk. You know, it's really challenging, even in a situation like this, for someone in this crowd to say, hey, let me proclaim good news to her. Because you don't want to be the Christian know-it-all, right? Like, I'm the one who has to think about Jesus. Everyone's going to think I'm like the Christian know-it-all. It's the other thing. What if um, Ken does proclaim good news and she rejects it? I was like, why did I open my mouth? I was trying to be helpful. Like, gosh, I'm not, you see? That's why you're in the car with your spouse. That's why I don't talk to anyone in this church, man. Every time I open my mouth, people get upset. Like, you go through the range of emotions, but one of the most important things to understand is you have been called to be a blessing in the situation to honor God. And if you say something and you missed up, amen. Um, I feel like sometimes we want, we want like, um, and I think there's some of this that's good, but sometimes we want, like, well, I just need to unload first. Mm-hmm. I need to, like, vent first and be nasty and in a bad mood first, and then like, I'll let you know when I'm ready mm. to hear good news. I feel like some, I can do that. Um, now, not in, that there's not like a time where, you know, that's okay, but I think in a group setting, sometimes we're just like, I'll go get with God tomorrow or something and hear the good news, but right now I just wanna be grumpy. Yeah, and that's where love, love is taxing. Love is taxing. And it takes an entire community to form Christ in Corinth. <laughs> so let's just say hypothetically what what and it's true it's true for me too, right? It takes an entire community. Let's just say this were the LaFrance household. Julian was in that mood. I would be sitting where Wade is, and let's just say Lyanne tried to encourage her. Like, oh, I just want to vent. Da, 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 da. They have the situation that doesn't really go the way anticipated. But I'm paying attention the whole time. And you know, I'm not trying to get into a conflict with my wife, but I want to present my wife perfect and radiant before the Lord. So after everyone leaves, I go by the the, the, the fridge. So why did you reject life's advice? Well, you know, I just wanted to vent, da 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 And I totally understand that. Now, what, what's the thought process long-term to be formed into Christ? So you want to eagerly run to the light. Like, we gain nothing sitting in these emotions like this. How can we be transformed, love? Oh, uh, well, you know, da 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 Let's pray about it. Let's just keep praying. You don't have to be perfect today. God is forming you. But you just got to understand that response wasn't going to bring about the life of Christ that we desire in this household. And now, Lyanne may never know that I had that conversation with Julian, but prayerfully, Julian is like, okay, I want to be the person who could receive that in the moment, who could receive the love and the encouragement in the moment, which is challenging, especially those of us who grew up accused and someone always made us feel like we were the bad guy. It gets really difficult to hear any sort of criticism about ourselves. But we have to get to the point where we can receive that and hear the good news. And it takes an entire community. What ends up happening is 
a lot of times in churches, everyone is like, someone else is going to take care of that. And so Corinne is 30 years in the Lord, and you're like, how come she can't even receive encouragement, man? You've been around here 30 years. Why is it so hard? It's because everyone else has been thinking someone else will take care of that. Spouse is thinking someone else will take care of that. Everyone is like, someone else will deal with that. Instead of, oh, it takes a community. Yeah. It takes an entire community. We don't need to pick on her. We, we could be encouraging. We could be supportive. We can build her up. We can even understand that she may not be there today, but the goal is to be there eventually through the work of the Holy Spirit and God's grace and mercy. Does that make sense, guys? Mm-hmm. Any questions? So we didn't proclaim good news. We're going to do three more skits. All right. Let's go, guys. We're going to huddle up again. Oh, and then we're going to you did a great job. <laughs> you probably were feeling that today, and I hope that will be true. He wasn't. Okay, praise God. Because <laughs> that would be a very vulnerable spot in front of everyone. <laughs> Church-wide counseling. All right. You guys are going to get advice, and I'm going to talk about some of the negatives that we know to do, which is let's turn it into a pile-on party and how awful this thing is. You're real good advice. Yeah, proclaiming God. Yeah, you're getting good advice, and I'm just going to talk about what normally happens in a rough situation. Does that make sense? Yep. All right, guys. So here's the scene. Ken has put together this amazing community group event. He, he was on top of it. He sent out the text messages, the emails. He got RSVPs. People said they were showing up. This is awesome. And you know what happened? Only 40% of the people showed up to this thing that said they were going to show up. Scene. Oh, hey. Where's uh, Joe, Fanny, Steve, Myra, Belinda and 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 uh, Nick. Uh, Nick, where, where are they? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear Did, from them. I don't know. Did they say they were coming? It's only you guys. Yeah. What kind of community group? If only us are here. I mean, I, I plan great snacks. Come on. I, I plan an amazing discussion about how awesome our Wednesday classes have been and what we can talk about. I mean. I had it down to the last 30 seconds of what our family group was going to be tonight. Community group whoop, was going to be tonight. And it's just you guys. Ah, oh, that stinks. It stinks. Hi, everybody. Stinks. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, I mean, maybe we can just use this time to, to just you know get to know each other better. It can be great time to experience a little bit more intimacy in the family group. Uh, I, I um, the snacks are great. And I, Come like, on. I've, I've had a really hard day. Daniel stepped on my shoe. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, even though it's a smaller group, this is like really refreshing for me. Um, and I really appreciate all the work that you put in to make this group great. I mean, it's, it is great. You know, it's, it's not about the, the quantity, it's the quality. 
Let's go, Sebastian. <laughs> I would still love to talk about Wednesday's lesson. It was awesome. I'm really inspired, and I feel like we'll just each get to talk more, including Wade. It'll be great. Maybe we could do some skits. You guys are. What? Wow. I feel awesome now. Hey. Man, scene. You, you know, they did a great job. You know, a lot of us have experienced this challenge, right? Where we've done community group and no one's there. Ooh, the negativity bug starts flying in. Are we the only ones here? You know that statement? You're like, uh, and if you're, gonna host it, if you're the one hosting it, you feel it. Like, are we the only ones here, man? What do you mean? Do you see? And you just want to... And you know what ends up happening? The ones who are the only ones here, the temptation could be, let's get more negative about how everything is messed up. Mm -hmm. You know, like, people just aren't serious about discipleship. You know, I don't even know if they're Christians out here. You know, like, let me look on Facebook. Oh, my gosh, look at Cody and Tim playing baseball right now while we have community groups. (laughs) That's not happened. That has not happened. (laughs) They do it on Monday. We don't, we don't do community group on Monday. But I'm just saying, you know, that happens. Like, we're like, look, this person looks like they're happy out there instead of being here with us. Like, what is going on here? And we can start to feel like God is not working. You know, Jesus has, has a gift of working with the few. This is an excellent opportunity for Kim. Kim to use what he set up to continually form Christ in this group. And over the long haul, if we only had the opportunity to proclaim the gospel for one week, then maybe this is a rough week. But if we know we're going to be here for the long haul, what's being yeah. done here will transform over the next couple of years. Yeah. That's the hard part, right? Like thinking years instead of days. Mm-hmm. Like what God is doing here will transform. Eventually, this will become something that everyone gains life from. But it takes proclaiming good news. So if I was in this group, everything everyone said was great. I'd be like, Ken, I'm here ready to engage. I'm here ready to learn. I'm here ready to be formed into Christ. I appreciate you putting all this together. And I'm really eager to continue to grow in this situation. That's what I would tell Ken. And while I'm in the room, anyone who were to be like, man, it's only us three, man. This is kind of awkward. I'm like, it's a good kind of awkward, man. The Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son, three of them together, all eternity. And it started that way. There was never a moment it wasn't that way. That's pretty awkward. And they accepted it. We're awkward here and we're going to have fun. We're going to bump in eternal love. I would do something to take away from the fact that Satan wants us to be discouraged. That's Satan's goal. Discourage the saints. And we want to be especially those of us in the community groups, we want to be an encouragement. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this is not to shame anyone who has to go do things. We totally understand. It just happens, and I just want to encourage you guys, how do we deal with that when that happens? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we work through it? Yeah, any, any Good snacks. The good snacks always help. Any questions or... or well, Tell the whole group <laughs> because I'm very different like that. But if, if 
if Lan pulled me aside and said, Barb, you don't seem yourself, then I'd be honest with her. But I was like, I appreciate his vulnerability in front of everybody. But I, I know I would walk in like, just I clean this house, it's been hours doing all this, and nobody's here. And then that other part of me would be like, let's go knock on a few neighbors to come over for some food. You know, because I, I think I'm more like, not as out there with my feelings as far as when it comes to disappointment. Like I feel the same things, but I think I wouldn't just, hey guys, I'm really disappointed. You know? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Hopefully in our community, we're getting close enough with each other where we can be vulnerable. Where we could get in. and But it, that doesn't need to set the tone, but it could be a moment of transparency. Right. Like Jesus could say, how dull are you guys? And you're like, wow, that's discouraging. <laughs> and then turn around and it keeps going. And you're like, amen. Or Jesus on the cross, he was vulnerable with, with I mean, not in the cross, in the garden. We, I want us to be vulnerable with each other. Where we could get there where we're vulnerable with each other. But then we could turn around and let it be an encouraging moment. But I think a huge part of it is who are going to be the encouragement trendsetters? Like every community, if you are serving a community group, a community group, you need someone who's like rooting you on. You know how difficult it is serving some of these groups and you do an event and no one shows up or only two people show up. It can be very challenging. We need someone in our group who's like, bro, that was great. That was just amazing. You know, one thing about Connor, he's not here. Connor is, like, super grateful for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, I, 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 we were on campus, and I was like, hey, bro, I got an extra bag of chips from the vending machine. You want, any, you want it? Dude, man, you're, you're, you're the real deal, man. You're like, wow. <laughs> if this is what you got from the chips, imagine when I give you $5. <laughs> you know, but he's just such an encouragement. You know, the Barabies in our community group is such an encouragement. Honestly, our whole community group is super encouraging. Super encouraging. <laughs> Let's go, Cody. Uh, but, again, big part of that challenge is even when we are discouraged, Jules and I are, or someone in the group is like fighting hard to, okay, let's be present with who's here. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is working with people who are here. He's working with the people who aren't here, but right now we're here. And let's be present. Let's make the most of this. Let's make this a memory that will form Christ in us. Does that make sense, guys? Amen. And so I just want to encourage us. Like, this is challenging. And so if you're in a community group and you don't encourage your community group um, hosts, be an encourager. Let's say, dude, this is amazing. Even if it's awful, but like the peanuts weren't good and the chips are stale, but you planned it and I'm grateful. <laughs> I didn't do it. And, like, next week, I'm going to come with a fresh bag of chips. You watch. <laughs> you bring it, and you, you, you become a part of the solution. Does that make sense, guys? We want to be solution-oriented. And, again, I, I say this not talking about any situation specifically, but just knowing that's just the nature of people. You know, I, being in the ministry long as I've been in the ministry, you do a lesson, and someone's like, I didn't even know what you were talking about. You're like, whatever, dude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you. Instead of just being like, you know, listen, you prepared that. Okay. Sometimes you swing and miss. Sometimes you miss a lot. That don't matter. Jesus, Lord. But let me help you since I have a lot of strong thoughts about your lessons. Ronaldo. <laughs> If they, if they if they come to a group that has this 
hopefulness. Because I know sometimes for me, if I'm like not there, I'm scared to show up because I'm like, oh, I contributed to a discouraging environment by not being there. But I feel like in this situation, if the encouragement is in this circle, then the missing people, they come back there and it's a better situation as opposed to where you could have went. But I don't know if that's like something to think about or focus on as well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, not necessarily is a great question. Not necessarily the scope of this situation. But what I will say, I try really hard to be an encouragement, period. Like, I'm not one of those guys who, if I haven't seen you in two weeks, three weeks, yo, you're here? You know how discouraging that is? <laughs> like, I can't believe you showed up, man. Come on. You're finally here. <laughs> That's so discouraging. That's, like, embarrassing and it's discouraging. I'm just like, how's it been? How's your week been? That's it. <laughs> you know, so I, I really try to build people up. If I send a text message, it's not like, yo, where are you? What are you doing? You're not committed. Here's the line. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't do any of that. It's kind of like, hey, how's it going? What, what way can I be an encouragement? Oh, you had a really crazy week? Oh, this is some of the things we did at community group. Da, 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 da. What, what, what other ways can we connect? What other ways can we serve? I try not to make anyone feel embarrassed. Like, Life is complicated, and, and, and we got to accept the reality that life is complicated. But that's outside the scope of this talk. But great question. Great question. All right, we're going to do one more scene. You guys are, are great, and you're, you're, you're patient, and these guys are great as Okay. Okay, we're gonna give the scene a little bit, but they just started, right? He's getting fired up. Awesome. So it's midterms. Come on, midterms. There's a whole bunch of news going on about stuff in politics, elections. Not exams. 
elections. So there's a whole bunch of politics. And you know, it, it, it's only natural that people are going to talk about what concerns them. And that's what's going on here in this community group. Seeing those. Yeah, I think 40 minimum. We can get up to like 50, 60. I think I, I can't wait till we're there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Wade. I don't. Small businesses will suffer big time. I mean, do you really need 40 an hour? I mean, you can get by. I mean, do you know how much it is? Inflation. We got inflation and more then, inflation. You know, but then you're going to have to start paying employees wages. more. And then the food prices. Yeah, up, but then you can just charge more prices. You can well, just charge higher for your prices. It just goes in a cycle then, because then the forty dollars an hour is not going to be enough. It, what's the cycle? It's, I don't. I want the people oh, who don't have okay. minimum so, wage to have the ability to support themselves. I'm, I'm all about families. I'm all about. I'm all about families too. How about the small business owners? They have families. They got to support their own. <laughs> hey, you know, they got moms. Hey, um. <clears throat> oh, so you support. No, no, I just, I'm supporting the peace. Um, I feel like we're getting a little, getting a little fiery. I mean, this is good, it's good, it's good to talk about this stuff. I'm glad you guys care, care so much, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Jesus would be fighting for minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe putting businesses up if you paid that much. How, how is it going to put businesses up? Because then you got to pay for the employees. And yeah, the employees are getting paid that much. Money. How? You know what's great though is that, that we can that have well we can have these these different opinions but we can still be one in Christ. Isn't that awesome? Boy, I love that about us. Oh no, but I got more upset. Well, as you can see, we know who don't want to raise the middle. <laughs> like, they're keeping that where it is right now. But this happens in community groups, especially as you guys get more vulnerable with each other. <clears throat> you know, there are so many. This was an opportunity to share scriptures. There's so many different ways you can go about this because Satan wants to divide the church in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can sit back and say two parties are concerned about the same thing. You want people to have more resources so they can live well. You want to make sure that people can live well, but... We do it in a way that doesn't increase the harm. None of us actually know the solution, actually. And that's okay. Now, some of you are convinced, no, I do know the solution. And that's okay, man. You spoke to the Lord and he probably told you that. But in this situation, we want to be able to sit down and be like, guys, we're one in Christ. You know, like this, like, like Ken mentioned, this is really important that regardless of where we land on the conversation, we do want to help people. We do want to love people. And we're united in that. Our politics may present different, but we're united in that. And I really believe if both your hearts are to serve people, God's going to bless that. I want to give them a picture of how can you go out and go be a blessing. But it's really important that we proclaim good news to each other and we don't, we don't shy away. What mostly happens in situations like this, everyone kind of bows out the conversation and let those two go at it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna rip each other apart. <laughs> and you just walk away and you keep popping in. You just keep looking. Like, are they dead yet? <laughs> then you come back and like, hey, but that's, that's not how we should be as followers of Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers. Amen. But we come in and just like, hey, man, you know, these are the different things. Maybe you end up getting educated as well. Like I said before, people hate the peacemaker, especially in situations like this where you're trying to find peace. But that's okay. We're followers of Jesus and we want to honor him. 
in the whole situation. And so I gave a couple of examples on how we could proclaim good news. Any thoughts about anything that needed more clarity? Now, some of you might, that's not how my community group looks. Preferably, that's how we'll start looking. Or anything that you have a question about referencing what we do in community group. One. Did they forget the almond milk in this situation? Who do you think would have forgotten it between the keep minimum wage the same and the raise the price? They gave me milk. I have a milk analogy. I'm fired up. Nick. The first kid. So um, I think a challenge that I've been in before is like in a community group, one person's had a rough day and like two people have had fantastic days and they want to share and so there's there's two different energies in the room, and you can feel it. Come on. And so it's like, well, if you need to vent, I'll listen to you. But at the same time, like I will rejoice mm -hmm. in someone else. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of this mixture of which hat am I wearing at the moment? But it's all I don't know. It's like I don't, I'm not quite sure sometimes how to proclaim the gospel in both situations because I don't think you know super positive and super negative are going to hear the gospel in the same yeah I guess the same percentage does that make sense yeah you know? yeah no you know honestly I think your impulse is right suffer with those who are suffering or rejoice with those who are rejoicing I think when you're the suffering party and other people are rejoicing it's really challenging, and so you have to walk in and be um, vulnerable, but then also be able to pivot in such a way that you are happy that your brothers and sisters are experiencing the blessings of the Lord. And then on the other end, the rejoicing parties, if you're the person who's going through an incredible moment, to be able to rejoice in that and bring God glory with that, but then also be able to be like, but I can understand you've had a rough day. But your impulse to be like, I'm just going to hear you out and suffer with you and then rejoice with you, I would do that too. That would be my initial impulse. But I guess it's more challenging for the people who are to discourage or to encourage. They have a rough moment. Scott. I was thinking that, you know, we're, it could be, it could be two, two of our friends that came to, to our group. Right. You know, they may not be part of this group here. Yeah. You know, in that, in that situation there, often it may happen, you know. And I think that's where we have to remember to make the most of every opportunity. Be able to not squish the conversation necessarily, but to be able to turn it and then turn it into the Bible. Yeah. But, okay, well, let's talk about this. And then it becomes a Bible discussion. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is all about the, the, the amazing pivots. He, he's a champ at that. Juan. Yeah. Yeah, 
takes patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, takes the whole fruit of the Spirit. <laughs>